It is Wednesday night, and you know what that means. It's time for another episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. Uh, I broke it on the socials a little bit ago. Our KOP Predictions champion is not able to be here tonight due to illness. So uh, it's just the Shep and I. So I'm Paul Sartman. Joining me tonight, Austin Shepard. Good morning or evening or whatever time it is. Did you just say good morning at 1028 at night? Yes, yes, I did. Are you in Japan? Sure, that's what we'll go oh. with. Are you are you over in Japan following the G one? Yes. Oh, okay. I, I'm here live. Well, yeah. Yeah, good morning to you. <laughs> How's the sushi over there? I don't eat sushi. <laughs> well, you're in Japan. You have to. <laughs> no, it's 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 been a day. It's been a day. So, uh, Shep, how you doing tonight? Oh, we're doing. We're we're doing. It's been a week. It's been like the uh, last two and a half weeks has been – it's been the last two and a half weeks. Uh, but anyways, you know what? It's beautiful day. We did not get uh, mowed over by a tornado today, even though it looks like the north of us – I was just outside – is getting hammered with all the lightning and everything. And uh, so now we're obviously here in lovely little northern Indiana. We're just We're just peachy. Yep. We're uh, we're in that blue dot. Not that you can see it very well, but everything is north of us at this point in time. But of course, we'll we'll watch it as we move through. Not that it's a big deal for us, but Paul, Paul we're not we're not on we're not on uh, we're not on WRY right now. Uh, day job kicking in. Sorry. Yes. Uh, Majin's joining us as he does every week. And he says illness sounds like the champ is chickening out. Now you get that. Well, hopefully. Yeah, I, I could make a really mean joke. I'm going to do it anyway. I don't give a shit. Uh, he's got that uh, Mir Cove thing that uh, oh, they're coming over from Abu Dhabi from the camels, you know. Yeah. The, the new strain of COVID. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Majin says they didn't get anything either. There is a tornado watch for his area, though. So, well, Majin, stay safe. So, Shep. Wait a minute. Is it humid enough in Canada for tornadoes? They've got wildfires right now, man. They got everything. Yeah, I know. That's, 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 yeah. Never mind. <laughs> trying to be nice. I'm trying to turn a nice side to Shep. I'm trying to be nice everywhere I go. Which is really hard after the last, you know, three weeks you've had. But yes. I digress. Yes. What are we drinking tonight, Shep? Well, we got a combination tonight. Uh, I've had some vodka already tonight, but I wanted something a little different. So going with the goat. The pineapple high noon. Okay. In the background, we got a backup. But, but in absolute honor this week, in absolute disgust by my wife, we got a complete delivery of some Kalen Kalen pickles. Okay. Complete delivery. When I said I got one of every flavor, <laughs> she told me I had a problem. She probably wow. didn't. okay. So this is uh, out of the uh, first MJF classic batch. Um, this is a uh, a flavor that was not in that one, but this is the horseradish flavor. So this is a that's a lot of horseradish. Holy shit. <laughs> um, we're gonna take a bite of one of these, all right? Again, they're the uh, the whole the whole whole pickle here. 
Uh, wow. That's really good. It's all horseradish. No, I don't want to bite. I can't stand horseradish. Oh, man. Well, there it is. Yeah. Just kind of like a wasabi kind of kick. It comes a little late. Oh, man. I, I haven't had these, like, you know how I feel about the uh, three flavors we got in the MJF package, but that's stupid good. Like, this juice, as you can see, it's 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 a cloudy juice. Like, that juice would be perfect in a bloody mold. You know, if this wasn't a PG podcast, I would have had a comment about the juice in that container. <laughs> Bro, you give me a... You give me another thirty seconds, I can take that. I can take care of that for you. Caitlin and Caitlin Pickles support a great podcast. Seriously, those things are stupid good. Majin says you can barely see the pickles through the cloudiness of uh, the juice. But you know what? You know what you call that? You call that flavor and seasoning. Um, holy cow! Those are those are good, man. The spicy, the spicy, uh, the devil, the devil pickles, as MJF called them. Those were really good. Like those are my favorite. But God, I like a little heat, man. I don't know. Those 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 sons of bitches give a run for its money. Those are good. Anyway, so we got we got high noons. Okay, we got we got. The old le- old kettle. Hey, will you tag kettle in this week? Tanner always says he's going to tag him. Oh, let's get it backwards. There you go. We got kettle, like always. And then we got the cannon cannon pickles. So I got a variety tonight. Majin says you call that some extra strength juice. That's good. That's good. Good work, Kalen and Kalen pickles. One of the, one of the few things out of California that I like. Is that where they're based out of? Yes. Um, uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, Los Angeles. Hmm. So, one of the few things out in that lovely state that I enjoy. <laughs> yeah, there's not much out there. Nope. <laughs> I think everything they got going on right now is pickles and a writer's strike. Yeah. In, in uh, northern... California, they're they're known for some producing some pretty good uh, race car drivers, but northern half of California, I don't think likes the southern half. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway. And and I mentioned the writer strike there. So when this podcast goes completely off the rails tonight, just know it's because our uh, writers are on strike. That's good shit, Paul. Good shit. Uh, Tanner's not here, so you know the writers on strike. We have we have writers. I forgot. I don't listen to those guys a lot. (laughs) Oh, all right. You ready to dive into tonight's dynamite? Head first. All right, and we do it the proper way with Orange Cassidy opening the show as he defends the international championship against Ar Fox. Man, this match was uh, back and forth through the entire thing. 
to the point that I really wasn't sure who was going to pull out the victory here. Uh, towards the end, um, Fox looks for the 450 splash. Cassidy rolls out of the way, pins Fox. Fox kicks out. Cassidy then manages to pin Fox once more for the win. This, uh, I I text you. I was I was I was late to the broadcast, but I text you guys. I watched the opening segment. Tony Schiavone screwed up the intro to this, but it w- was fine. He made a he, he made a comment about Darby Allen and AR Fox, and um, it worked. They go into this little vignette, and it's how AR Fox basically took Darby in as a homeless guy and trained him on, on top of what. Um, Buddy Wayne trained Darby up in the uh, satellite or satellite uh, Seattle area. Um, same thing. Same thing. So I looked at that and I'm like, you know what? We've had, as of tonight, we had 27 title defenses, I believe. But I knew there was a ton of title defenses that Orange has done. It, and just look at all the tape and all that. He's beat up. And I think I think the dirt sheets have said that for months. He's beat up. So I'm thinking, this is straight perfect Tony Khan. He's gonna he's gonna change the belt tonight. And he's gonna change it to this guy who hasn't been on mainstream television a lot, but for the last 15 years, this guy has trained some really, really good professional wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it's due. He was a big trainer of MVP. If we look at um, Tanner's company there in Connecticut. Uh, Speaking of Tanner's company, I, I have uh, <laughs> something to comment when you get done there about okay. uh, the okay. title defenses. Um, Austin Theory. A.R. Fox was his number one trainer, again, in Tanner's company. Um, and then, obviously, tonight, that was the first I've – I guess I, I've, I'm sure I've read it uh, in Wikipedia and stuff, but didn't know that A.R. Fox was the secondary trainer of Darby. So, um, like the vignette, and I'm just thinking, man, we're going to see a title change tonight. The match was heading – exactly the way I thought. And then the finish was not what I thought as obviously Orange Cassidy uh, retains. Um, And then afterwards we kind of get why we saw the vignette at the start of the match. Yep. After After the match, Cassidy puts his sunglasses on Fox as a show of respect. Fox takes them off his face, breaks them in half, then clocks him. With a right hand, quickly retreats in disbelief of what he just did. Darby runs down, asks Fox what the hell he just did. He asks, or he says it was an embarrassment for him and tells him to simply take the loss. Fox insists it was a mistake and heads to the back as Allen continues to berate him. Now, uh, two things here. One, Majin says that A.R. Fox wrestles such an unorthodox style, but it's so damn fluid. And he is accurate there. Correct. 100% correct. Now, my my comment. 
over in Tanner's company, which I think is secretly where he's at. He's just telling us he's ill. Um, they have a champion who's over a thousand day mark. And Orange Cassidy hasn't even hit the year mark yet. The title that has been held for over a thousand days has only been defended 28 times. Okay. And Darby's at 27 already. And he's had it how many days? Um, I should have known this. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were prepared when you're throwing, dropping some of that knowledge. Uh, about 290 days. Okay. So a third of the time, one less defense. Yeah. So by the end of, well, by the next pay-per-view, Orange Cassidy will have surpassed number of defenses. So I, I love that aspect of it. Obviously, fighting champion. You know he's beat up. When you go over to Tanner's company, the way he has been booked and having Paul Heyman as his sidekick has been a perfect storm. Mm-hmm. I can't knock that storyline no. because obviously it's the number one drawing money storyline in professional wrestling right now. Mm-hmm. Hats off. Now, could Tanner's company make that storyline even bigger with some uh, players outside of Stanford, Connecticut, that they have the options to go get and the resources to go get? Absolutely. They could drag that storyline on for another year, maybe mm-hmm. two years, because that family tree is so big. And Umaga's son just debuted on the Indies, um, I think, within the last week. And used yeah. the spike. Used the spike. And he looks good. He definitely looks like uh, a straight athlete. And so go, go get him. I hope they do. Majin says, uh, yeah, but they just don't want to go get them. He's not wrong. He's not wrong, but we always think of Tanner's company as they do what's right for business. They'll go get the money. They have the money. They'll go get it. Now, if TK sees that and beats him to the punch – then that's on Tanner's company. Yep. Uh, so after Fox heads to the back, Moxley appears out of nowhere, delivers both a lariat and the death rider to Cassidy. Um, and then we head backstage to Jericho and Don Callis with Renee. And Renee says, Callis requested time to speak to Jericho. And Callis says he's made arrangements for Jericho to tag with Tanahashi in a match. Jericho says he's willing to give it a go. Callis reveals that they will be facing Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara. Jericho becomes unsure of the whole idea after hearing who their opponents will be, but still agrees to participate in the match. Callis then presents Jericho a painting of himself, Jericho, 
and Bad News Allen. Does that scar on Callus's forehead get bigger every week? Yes, I was sitting there when he popped on. I went, mm, yeah. So, so makeup, obviously, obviously he's got a scar there because that was a real cut. But every week when he goes through makeup, they intensify it. I would say. Majin caught my mistake there. Yes, I, I said the wrong name. You said Tanahashi. Yes. Ta- ta- it's Takeshna. I know. I was reading too fast. That's why I leave the reads for Tanner. He's the professional. Oh, okay. he, he he does it for a living. <laughs> Tanahashi's over in the G1, isn't he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which, hey. by the way, speaking of that, I mean, we don't have a real true format. No. Um, Eddie Kingston just killing it over there. Man, those chops. Womanishi. Oh, yeah. I thought some of those chops got Kingston right in the throat, but Kingston just kept going. He don't care. Yeah. He don't care. Yeah. And his promos that he has done in those, I guess they 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 do it like a almost like an, a press conference at the end. Um, I still think they're more promos. His are so real because they because they are in his mind. Yeah, yeah, they are. Eddie Kingston is Eddie Kingston. There is no other person. No, and uh, the pictures he's been dropping on social media. He was at the famous uh, steakhouse uh, today, which would be last night over there. I think the way I do my math, right? Whatever. Um, yeah, I know it's. Wednesday night here in the States. So it'd been Wednesday night in Japan. He was at the famous uh, ribeye steakhouse. I think it's called, I think it's something ribeye, but that all like the whole steakhouse is nothing but professional wrestling uh, propaganda in there. So he was over there. I know you get, you get a thin ribeye with a piece of butter on the top and it looks like some corn on the side was like, that's like the go-to meal that all the guys uh, put on their social media. So, you know, good for him. Uh, Majin agrees with us. Eddie Kingston is Eddie Kingston. There's no kayfabe with him. No, nah, Eddie doesn't know how to spell kayfabe. He might not know how to spell Eddie Kingston, but he definitely doesn't know how to spell kayfabe. Uh, yeah. That's not a knock on Eddie Kingston. I think he would laugh at me right now if I said that to his face. Probably. Yes. He might give you a chop just for good measure, but he would probably laugh. He is. From, I think he is from the Bronx, so he, he would probably chop me because I'm a Midwesterner, but yeah. Yeah. That'd probably be the only reason you're getting a chop. And then we'd have a beer and we'd bury the hatchet. Yep. Uh, so back from break, we had backstage to Claudio and Wheeler Yuta. Claudio warns the locker room not to mess with the Blackpool Combat Club. Then he tells Pac that death before dishonor was just the beginning. Moxley then walks in and tells the Lucha Bros and best friends, will you pay for Pac's mistake later tonight? All right. I'm trying to figure out where exactly they're going here with the BCC. Because it's like every time I think I know what direction they're going, we go somewhere different. So you got you got Daniel Bryan out. Sorry. I said Daniel Bryan, didn't I? Bryan Danielson. Yeah. He's out. 
obviously Pac is no longer a member because he walked out last week. And then him and Claudio had the uh, ROH championship match on Friday or Saturday. So he's out. So you're down to three. Keep it at three, in my opinion. Danielson could be out for a while, though. So, yeah. I mean, all of a sudden now you got him in a tag team, and then you got a, a, a which I saw that tonight. You got a triple threat now on Rampage. Is it Rampage or Collision? He's Rampage, right? The three of them after the main event? Yeah. So you got Dynamite next week. Is it Dynamite next week? You mm-hmm. sure? Celebrating 200. Okay. Because I was, I was shocked that they would turn around and run those three because obviously Rampage being taped right now, they'd run those three right away. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really, as much as I like Mox, I do I don't care for you. No. Claudio. I still think they need a a figurehead. They need a Don Callis. They need a William Regal. They need somebody like that. They need a Paul Heyman. And you, I mean, as much as I like him, Danielson doesn't fit that role. No, no, he doesn't. And, and they need a guy like, and I know Paul Heyman is the echelon the top I don't know who in the game could be like a Paul um, William Regal was close yes he was close um, but they need they need a they need a talker they need a guy um, they need they need something you know so I don't know who's out there I don't know who to Tony can go get uh, but they need they need somebody like that to represent that faction. They need a, a face, I should say. The face that runs the place? Oh wait, that was that other company. That's Tanner's company. Wasn't it? <laughs> uh, all right. Up next, we've got uh, a quick little vignette for Hook, where he walks in with the title. Train goes by, title's gone. Next train goes by, he's gone. Indicating clearly he's not who he thought he was without the title. Or take a break, come back, revamped, new haircut, different attire. Uh, don't you cut that hair. No, 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 no. No, no, no. That, that hair is him. Um to be quite honest, I would like to see Hook get away from that title because it's a fake title. When you have a self-imposed title, it's just not right. Um, yeah, I know Jack Perry's holding it now, but I really would like to see Hook go in the TNT scene. Mm-hmm. I think he's ready. I mean, yeah. That's so. just my opinion. Um, let let Jack Perry do what he wants to do with that belt. But I think once that belt is taken off of him, I think that belt needs a break. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yep. Um, and then after the vignette, Jack Perry makes his way down to the ring. Perry says that, uh, or he notices the negative response from the fans. I can read tonight. I promise you, Shep. Okay. And Perry says he beat Hook, and Hook went home because he couldn't hang with the big boys. He says when he said he would be winning a championship, he didn't mean the FDW championship. He says the title he holds was created in a second-class company, and despite the fact that it it isn't officially recognized, it became a big deal when he touched it. He speaks directly to Taz and says he would beat Taz and all of his friends. And then Jerry Lynn marches his way down to the ring, says him and his colleagues in ECW paved the way, he says, without the company, there would be no Jungle Boy. And says, he's in for a beating if he keeps running his mouth. Perry says he would like to see who would do so. Lynn drops his mic ready for a fight. Perry backs down and says he's in dress for a fight, but challenges him to a one-on-one -on -one match next week. Man, I'm not looking forward to this. I mean, I love Jerry Lynn. Don't get me wrong, but come on. Jerry Lynn, back in the day, like... I. All I can think of is Jerry Lynn and RVD and ECW. Those matches were just awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and I always remember in ECW, Jerry Lynn would uh, finish his promo like uh, uh, he's a, obviously a big death metal fan. If you remember that, remember he'd always scream into the mic, Jerry Lynn. And it was, I mean, that was his gig, but whatever. Um, but Jerry Lynn with the short crew cut doesn't look like the Jerry Lynn back in ECW. Um, not saying, he, I don't know. I mean, when's the last time Jerry Lynn wrestled a match? Um, yeah, I don't, I'm with you. I don't, I don't think I really want to see this, but. Majin says, give it a chance. Let him cook. Sting can still go at his age. Maybe Jerry can. And look, I'm the last person that should comment on this, okay? But Jerry Lynn, like, he, that, that black AEW shirt he wears, man, he's got a little belly down there. I mean, he doesn't tuck it in. He's, he just sticks out a little bit. And I'm the last person to talk about somebody's belly, okay? Let's just be right up front with it, but I'm not on national television trying to wrestle a 24-year-old either. Yes. My we're, we're smart enough not to do that. Well, I don't know if I'm smart, but I'm I I do that. I tried to wrestle once. It didn't turn out well. All right. Well, that's true. You ended, you ended up in the lake. Yeah. Yeah. Don't remind me. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, the good thing is that'll never, ever, ever, ever happen again. <laughs> I was going to talk to you about that after the show, okay? Eh, it'll never happen again. Well, I know that, but, I mean, there's more I want to talk to you about. Okay. Uh, up next, we get uh, Pack versus Gravity. Who? Another luchador that Tony Khan just thinks is the greatest, but... Out of all the in slow motion, that wasn't even like low gravity. That was just straight. Out of, out of all the guys he's pulled out of Mexico, uh, Vikingo, Commander, the Luger Brothers, to me, this one was the worst. 
not saying the guy is, is bad, but no. with, his, with his name and gimmick, it's not what I expected. Now, no. I did not watch his match on uh, ROH on Friday where he took on Commander and he won. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Majin says the whole match was ruined for him knowing who'd win since Pac is the guy gravity forgot. Oh, Shout out to that other company he was that in. That other company. Yeah, and they and didn't who made that uh, comment on one of the co- commentators said that used to be his saying. And as he was beaten up gravity in the corner he said don't you forget about me don't you forget about me just repeatedly it didn't register right away but eventually my brain went oh yeah yeah but yeah pack won this match i mean there was no question it was an okay match pox good pox so athletic i don't yeah, I don't want to see Pac going against Luchadors every week, though. No. Pac, but hey, Pac is another one that should be in the TNT title scene. But hey, though, Shep, you got to give him credit. It was small guy versus small guy. They were the same height. Yeah, they were. And and Pac had a little bit of size on him, had a little muscle on him, and she, he proved that to, at the start. Uh, Majin says that to your commentary thing was probably the guy with the mask. He's the knowledgeable one. Stupid fucking man. <laughs> there it is. I mean, come on. 30 minutes in. As much as, as much as I think the guy has improved on commentary, take, take off the stupid mask. Come on. I mean... <laughs> We're not in pro wrestling gorilla anymore in American Legion in California. We're a freaking nationally touted company going to some of the bigger venues of professional wrestling in the United States, and you're still wearing the stupid mask. Yeah, well, you know, it happens. Stupid. Not Uh, saying the other F word, but it's stupid. Well, not saying it again. Just one time. One time doesn't get us the explicit lit thing, does it? I don't know. I thought I was going to say it twice. I don't know. Tanner can decide what to do with that. Well, don't get me fired up. I won't say it again. Okay. Maybe. Um, I'll try not to get you fired up, but there's some interesting stuff coming up here. We then head over to a video from last week of Renee, Adam Cole, and MJF after winning the Blind Eliminator Tag Team Contest. Renee asks for their thoughts. Cole looks to speak. MJF cuts him off and takes several shots at Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler before saying himself and Cole are better than them, baby. Cole says he has something to say to MJF and says while he came to AEW looking for gold, he found something much better, a friend at MJF. Cole says he meant nothing when he grabbed the AEW World Championship and calls MJF one of his closest friends. MJF then offers a shot at the AEW World Championship after their World Tag Team match with FTR. Cole thanks him, and Roderick Strong storms in 
warns Cole once again. He tells him that MJF will turn on him and gets in MJF's face. Cole defuses the situation. MJF storms off. Cole tells Strong he has other friends and tells Strong that he's being possessive. He says he's going to talk to MJF, and Strong tries to stop him by grabbing him. Cole pulls away and heads off after saying, boundaries. Great segment. Oh, this was fantastic. Great segment. This was almost as good as watching the the videos that we've gotten from them this entire process. Yeah, I thought I thought uh, Adam Cole. Let's start over. MJF is so good at these segments. He has elevated Adam Cole to be more of just entering talent, which when Adam Cole came out of NXT, you know, right at the end there, Adam Cole had those matches with Pat McAfee. Um, who was that? Uh, that last one, that little last little running head. I think it was Tom, Tommaso Ciampa, right? I well, think so. Was right when he ended NXT and, and, and worked his contract out. I think so. And those were great matches. Great in-ring work. Okay. He comes to AEW in the first 30, let's just say the first 60 days are just honeymoon period. Okay. You get to see him two or three times in the ring. Everything's great. Lottie Dottie. But now it's time. Now it's go time. And if you could knock on Adam Cole, it would have been his vignettes, his mic work. But you pair him with a guy like MJF in those uh, the weightlifting room scenes, and then this week makes him look ten times better. Now, the one thing I noticed that is a disparity: Adam, Adam Cole standing next to MJF. Okay. MJF has worked on his physique so much, he makes Adam Cole look small. Yes, he does. Like if you just look at arms to arms, it's 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 you can tell a huge difference. And I know I feel like that one first vignette in the weight room, they made a joke about that. If if you remember that, because all of a sudden Adam Cole's just chest in these weights. And MGF was shocked. So I feel like that was a little compensation of that. But, um, yeah, maybe maybe my favorite segment of this show tonight. Is that something we need to start adding as our favorite segment of the night? Yeah, I was wrestler thinking, of the night, segment of the night. I was thinking of that, but, I mean, you could literally pick a wrestler of the night out of that segment. Oh, yeah. You can pick a wrestler out of the night, which you probably will, out of the following segment with FTR, where they respond to MJF and Cole. And uh, I like you could tell that they hadn't talked to each other about each other's promo because at the end there, Dax is like, and if you talked about my wife and kids, so help you. And it made me sit there and go, did he say anything about them? He did. 
But I love MJ have made fun of uh, Cash's mullet. Um, and then MJF made a f- made fun of the wife and kid of of Dax. So, wow, man, I took another bite of that horseradish pickle. There's a lot of horseradish in there. Um, yeah, An- another great little vignette by the top guys because I'll give I'll give majority of this credit to MJF because he he put it on a tee for them. And they, they took a swing at it, right? Without MJF, FTR wouldn't have they, they, they wouldn't have had material to counter on. So, yeah, worked out well. Majin says um, MJF did, but he didn't say much. All he said was how Dax always says the same thing every promo. Which, if you talk, if you think about, it, Dax talks about his wife and daughter in every promo. Yeah, and how much he loves the business. Which, if you've listened to any of Dax's podcasts before he got canceled, quit whatever. That was quit. I mean, that's that dude's life. Oh yeah, he loves professional wrestling. And if it's not professional wrestling, then it's his wife and daughter. And if you don't like it, you can kiss his ass. Yep. So. Yep. All right. Now we head back ringside as Swerve Strickland and Prince Nana head down. Darby Allen and Nick Wayne follow as we set up for Swerve Strickland versus Darby Allen. Prince Nana, man. Prince Nana. <laughs> Annoying. Maybe that's where I failed as a manager. I didn't come out and dance to the song. Annoying. Where's a where's face mask? Annoying. Um, Does he? He wear, Well, he wears like one of those masks that... The only thing opens, no, it's, the only thing opens your eyes, nose, and mouth. It goes all the way around. It's some a head sock. Oh, I didn't realize it went down under yeah. the chin. Well... I don't pay attention to him. No comment. Anyways. Sorry, bright lights outside my house. Yeah. Well, you're getting cops coming in or or what? Lightning. Oh, I got my blind shut. Uh, What are we talking about? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Prince Nana. After, After watching this match with Swerve and Darby, like... I know we've been talk, talking about it for the last year. The bumps Darby has taken, it can't sustain. He took three of them, three of them that come out, come to mind tonight that should should be not allowed. I know they never would do that, but that bump he took off the top rope on the ring apron was just completely stupid. Right there at the end where he took the Death Valley driver onto the apron. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. The bump off. Yeah. Off the top. Yeah. Well, middle rope, actually not top rope, middle rope. And then the, Ew. the first, uh, the first uh, suicide dive he took, he hit swerve and tucked and then landed. He tucked and then landed on his shoulder ish neck thing. 
Uh, Majin says, I love this match, but can we please get this Swerve and Keith Lee effing feud already? Stop edging me. I want my release. Give me what I want. I want. <laughs> Give me what I want, Tony. Come I on, TK. We know you're watching. Give us the feud. I mean, we still kind of have the feud, don't we? It's never – I think that's kind of where Majin's going with this is it just needs to come to an end. We keep getting a piece of it here and there and here and there, and it just keeps dragging on. Let's just end it. Let's get them in a straight-up feud, run it three months to a pay-per-view, boom. And that'd be a good one for London. Actually, that'd be a great match for London. But I think right now, as much as I like both the individuals, you would be doing a disservice if you didn't have Swerve go over. He's He's got more uh, attention right now than Keith Lee does. So if you're doing what's right for business, maybe you have them go one-on-one at London, but you still have Swerve go over. Yep, I agree with that. Um, after Darby takes the uh, Death Valley driver on the apron, Alan looks to get back in the ring, but a hooded figure blindsides him and sends him crashing into the ring post while the referee is distracted. Alan then gets back in the ring, gets caught with the swerve for the win. And then after the match, the hooded figure reveals themselves to be A.R. Fox, Wayne attacks Swerve in the corner, but Fox grabs Allen's skateboard, hits Wayne with it, then holds up an embassy shirt and officially joining the group. So, rewind back to the first part of the show. Darby putting over A.R. Fox, which made me think A.R. Fox was going to go over Orange. The match happens. And then AR Fox goes off on orange, gets confronted by Darby, and then all of a sudden joins them. Like, this is the biggest faction AR Fox has ever been in, okay, in his professional career. But I think it would have been better off putting the title on him and keeping him face with the vignette that Darby cut on him. Um, And then, you know, giving Darby a shot at the title, giving Nick Wayne a shot at the title. But instead they, they they put him with Prince Nana. Like, and when's the last time we heard Aira Fox talk on the mic? We don't. Exactly. So now, his his uh, speaker is going to be Prince Nana, who is about as annoying as Big Bill. All right. All right. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah. We then head backstage and see Jericho meeting with Daddy Magic, Cool Hand Ange, Ty Mello, and Anna JAS. Jericho asked Mello how her baby is. Mello says her daughter is doing great. She then asks Jericho what's going on. Parker chimes in, holds up his comb as if he was about to give it to Jericho, and tells him that 
Jericho gave it to him, and he says, I'm not giving it back yet. He expresses his doubts about Jericho. Jay then calls Jericho selfish, says Jericho never appreciated the group. She says they can no longer give him 100% before walking off with Jay, Mello, and Parker. Jericho asks them if they think it's easy, and Menard tells him it is. He tells him to figure it out and do it fast. So, and this has nothing to do with professional wrestling, okay? And, and Paul, how many kids do you have, Paul? You have three. three. Okay. I have two kids. And my kids are younger than yours. Yep. And looking at Mello. And maybe, and I've had a lot of friends um, that have had kids in the last, say, five years, okay? They make pants to to go over said baby bump. Like, that, I don't know, and that has nothing to do with professional wrestling. That has, has but the... The uh, the 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 look of this promo of her with the these pant these leather pants that can't go over her belly, which I'm sure they make they make uh, maternity leather pants if you want them, um, and her just holding her belly the whole time made it look like a white trash trailer park segment. This 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 reminded me of, of back in the Attitude Era. Like she's just patting her belly, yeah. Like it, this, this was a good segment. Uh, if you take that away, okay. She's the weak link of the group, anyway. She always has been. Let's be honest here. Yeah. Then you know what? I I don't know. It was that I could not get over that part of the segment at all. Majin says, when JAS splits up, I'm going to need Anna to be a power couple with Jack. He needs a mouthpiece. She can do that acceptable enough. He's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. She can talk. She started talking before she started wrestling, so. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of people who can't talk. Uh, I don't know if it was before or after this match because it is not in my notes. But uh, we see that we're going to get um, Nyla Rose versus Sheeta. I'm not sure who can talk better, Sheeta or Ty Mello. I could give two you-know-whats about this match. Majin says, Anna, after turning heel, had far more personality in a night than Tay had in months as a heel. I agree, Tay is the weak link. Can't really super kick her out of the group because that'd be kind of weird since she's pregnant. So, <laughs> Oh, you super kick Sammy out of the group. So she follows and then Sammy comes crawling back and Jericho lets him back in just like he'd been in every group Jericho's done in AEW. Yeah, we'll find out next week when Sammy and Dipshit take on Takeshna and Jericho. Yep. Yep. 
Tune in next week for more. And this whole Daniel Garcia, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Dancing? No, yeah, no shit, Paul. Um, <laughs> no, he goes by uh, uh, not professional wrestler, but a sports entertainer. Yeah, that that was cool when he was with uh, Daddy Magic and and Cool Hand Luke. Like, I get that when he was with those guys. But now that he's on his own, he needs to go back into the old school shooter boots, knee high socks, no knee pads, and 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 typical trunks, and, and go back to the Danny Garcia that we kind of liked. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if you caught it, Shep, but when you were talking about Garcia, I did do his dance, and it, it popped Maj in a little bit. I, I noticed it, but I wasn't going to give you the credit. I was I was going to completely, completely ignore that and not not give you that because Tanner would have been proud if 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 I did that. But since Majin acknowledged it, we'll 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 acknowledge it. I guess live on the podcast. Hey, I'll I'll take acknowledgement for that over other things that I've been acknowledged for on this podcast. So well, I mean. I don't think you've made it explicit, but no, no. Leave that up to me, though. That's why you're here. I have a purpose in life. Up next, we get uh, Doctor Britt Baker, DMD versus Taya Valkyrie. This, to me, now of course Baker picks up the win here um, with the lockjaw. But this, to me, is the one thing that you complain about a lot, Shep. Big guy versus little guy. Valkyrie with her size. And I'm not saying she's a big girl or anything. She is built. She is stocky. She should not have had that much trouble with Britt, who's like half her size. I agree. I I can agree with that. But I think... This was one of the better women's matches that we've got to to see on free TV in a long time. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Shout out to Athena and Willow because they damn near stole the ROH show Friday night. Yes. At Death Before Dishonor. Um, if anybody listens to us, actually, go go watch that match. The, the uh, pay-per-view is darn near worth that match. Those girls killed it. Yes. Anyways, back to the night. These two are, I would say, in the top five of AEW in performers of women. Okay. Love them both. I think they both get it. They're both athletic. They both can bring it. I would watch these two hundred times over if you're gonna uh, consider them you know uh, small and large then Rose versus Shida that to me is a stupid match it's worthless I'll fast forward through it and I'd rather watch the Golden Girls play pickleball than that match so Majin says Taya is top five in the world at the moment for him. Yeah, 
she and she's all over. She still works for MLW. Um, I she's still working for AAA. So yeah, the 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 lady is hell. She just did a uh, she did do a GCW show. This has been this is back in Mania season. Um, she did a GCW show. She did a damn near. I think she did a death match. I say death match, but she did a hardcore match around Mania season. That, yeah. So, um, yeah. This this was way better than I expected. Um, and and Brick and I'm not a I'm not dogging on Brit just because she's a smaller gal here, but Brit can go. Mm-hmm. But yeah, compared to the other females in AEW. Um, they blew it out of the park. Majin's agreeing that she is at the top of her game. Yeah. I, and I could be, I mean, I might get some shit for this, but right now I'd rather watch Valkyrie than Johnny AEW or Johnny Elite or Johnny Major League or Johnny uh, Bo Jingles Chicken Fried. I don't know what the hell they call him. Um, oh, so the QTV faction. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather watch her than him right now. So, yeah. All right, now it's main event time as we see a, a triple threat tag team match, which these are starting to become more and more common. It feels like uh, in AEW, we've got the Blackpool Combat Club taking on the Lucha Bros and the Best Friends. So hold on. Why don't they call this a tornado tag? Because tornado tag would indicate everybody's allowed in the ring at the same time, and that's not the case. Oh, because towards the end of this match, we actually followed the rules. We tried to follow the rules once, didn't we? Yes. Yes. That was, um, that was dumb. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah, and that, uh, that came after Orange Cassidy's music hit. And he makes his way down to the ring, delivers an orange punch to Yuta, meets Moxley on the outside. Beretta delivers the belly-to-back pile driver, goes for the pin. Ref follows the rules and says, hey, whoa, 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 no, you can't, I can't count. He's not the legal man. And this opens the door for Penta to hit Fear Factor for the win. After the match, Cassidy continues brawling with Moxley. Um... Castanoli and Yuta look to overpower him, but the Lucha Bros try to stop it. The three teams then continue brawling with one another as the show goes off the air, and that's where we find out next week during Dynamite 200. Apparently, it doesn't seem like that's possible, but we're at 200 episodes of Dynamite already as of next week. And uh, we will see Moxley, Beretta, and Penta. In a triple threat match. 200 episodes. That's crazy. I know. I know. I'm looking back going, man, how many episodes of the KOP have we done now? So when did you start KOP? Oh, man. Like a year after AEW started. AEW started in 19? Yeah. Wait, 19. October of 19, right? Yeah. Wow. You, you're old, Paul. Uh, Thanks. Um, 
Here, I'll go find out because I follow the Kicking Out podcast on Apple Podcast. So I will go see exactly how many episodes. And everybody should follow that and give us that one, two, three, five point two five rating because we follow Uncle Dave. Yes. So we should be over that five star rating. Unlike any other wrestling podcast, we go by the Uncle Dave. That's five out of five. Yes. Uh, man, so at least. Okay, so there's 100. Looks like there's 153 episodes. <laughs> that's a lot. Uh, that's a lot. So we're like 47 away from, you know. From 200. 200. So we're less than a year in. For 200, we should do something big. We'll do we will. We'll, we'll do something big. Majin reminds everybody to buy the merch, you marks. I agree with him. Buy our merch. Yes. Actually, um, I fly out of Indianapolis tomorrow morning fairly early. And I've already packed, which is unusual for me. And the outfit I have out for tomorrow, I do have a KOP shirt going from Indianapolis to Denver tomorrow. And I'm not Tanner. I'm not a Denver Bronco football fan. I'm not a Avalanche fan. I'm going to Denver to do a f- to be nice to my wife. Let's just put it that way. Um, so. There will be KOP in the Indianapolis airport tomorrow. There'll be KOP in the Denver airport tomorrow, which Denver is a little bit bigger than Indy. Um, But there you go. I get questions when I wear my shirt. What is a KOP? That's a great wrestling podcast. You should go check it out. There you go. Majin trying to, you know, steal my lines here. (laughs) KOP drip. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. Well, Obviously, KOP or uh, Majin's a uh, was that uh, NSYNC fan? Bye bye bye, or is that <laughs> boy band? Either way, you know, I think we're gonna have to if we're gonna keep pushing merch, we're gonna have to bring back the old um, Nick Jackson segment from BTE with the merch freak. The merch freak, yeah, that was that was now it's the uh, him screwing up the chilies and. Yeah. deal for billions of dollars because uh what was it was it uh was it matt that went and bought the 27.6 million dollar mansion or acres or whatever i love it nick bought that, matt nick bought that. sorry matt screwed up the matt screwed up nick, again nick, nick went and bought the 26.7 million dollar mansion or whatever yeah and, and hangman bought you know a shit ton of lawnmowers and set them all on fire. But I do love, I do love that Matt starts that every week. Obviously Matt's building a new house right now with a custom pool. And he is making sure to show, make a point that he is showing that. So mm-hmm. good for them though. They yeah. do, you know, we'll have that money someday. Um, If you take a, thousand dollar nike shoe and tape thumbtacks to the bottom of it and you know if you turn in the head then maybe yeah you got a shot 
if you take probably close to the same price shoe and strap an explosive device in it and then super kick somebody so it explodes, you, you're doing good. You're doing good. Yeah. All right, Shep. Uh, we're an hour into the podcast. We haven't gone down too many rabbit holes, which is amazing for us. We've been pretty tame. Pretty we tame. have been. We have been. But I need to know, what is your rating for tonight? Um, after a show like Blood and Guts, to follow up after a show like Blood and Guts is got to be tough. Okay, even though we had a rampage and a collision, and those were some pretty decent shows, it's still after the last dynamite it was, was was Blood and Guts. So, um. I didn't hate the show. So I'm like 7-1. All right. I'm low. I'm low this week. I'm 6-3. Wow. Wow. I I thought the um, DMD Valkyrie match was great. Enjoyed that one. Um, And then I thought... Darby Swerve was 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 great. I thought AR Fox and Orange could go could could have gone longer. Um, and then little vignettes I enjoyed of uh, MJF and uh, Adam Cole and FTR. Enjoyed those. I didn't care for the main event. I know it was setting obviously setting some stuff up for the future, but I didn't. I, like I said, I wouldn't hate the show. Yeah. I didn't either. It's just I kept losing interest. I mean, the first match, the Cassidy Fox, the Swerve Darby, and the women's match is really what kept me glued to the TV. The rest of the time, I found myself glancing at my phone a lot. And not just to follow weather, because I am a little bit of a weather geek. But just because I mean it wasn't the vignettes were good, but other than that, I just I didn't really enjoy it. So yeah. you can hate on me all you want. We would never do that to you, Paul. Yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, remember who had uh two different nicknames on this podcast now? That was you. Yeah, exactly. So what's who's your wrestler of the night then? I'll let you go first. Orange Cassidy. Good victory. Um, Coming back at the Mm -hmm. end of the night, kind of still hitting on what he tried to take care of Friday night. So that storyline's clearly playing out to something. We're either going to see him and Yuta one-on-one or we're going to see him and Claudio one-on-one at some point soon. Okay. Can't argue that one. Um I'm picking one in a losing effort tonight. Okay. But I thought she carried the match. I'm going with Tyre Valkyrie. Okay. I think she carried that match tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it is that time of the night, Shep. And I'm going to tell you now, you're going to have to carry me because I I didn't catch all of this. I caught the promo, and that was about it. But – 
So, what do you guys want to talk about? What do you want to talk about, Chef? Let's talk about this Cody deal. Um, I know he came out and yelled and screamed at Brock. Yeah, so the, the more I have followed Cody um, means I follow Stanford, Connecticut a little bit more. And it's only 100% because of Cody. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But because of Cody, I have watched the um, Bloodline feud, which is amazing. Okay? That's, that's it. That's the only thing I watch or interest. But with the whole Cody thing, I now have figured out that they are trying to do the story the the hard knock life story where Cody has to fight a whole year back to WrestleMania and the dirt sheets have already pretty much said it's going to be Roman and Cody and in, in, in Philly for is it WrestleMania 40 yeah oh my god yeah. 40, 39 yeah four so 40 mm-hmm. I know I know they've been they've been wanting rock for two years uh, with Roman, obviously that's not going to work because of movies or whatever. So, but now we got we got Cody going into SummerSlam versus Brock, and have they put a stipulation on this match yet? No. Okay. I think we'll have we'll, we're going to have a stipulation on the match. And that will set up Cody for the future. I don't think we'll see much of Cody until Survivor Series. Okay. And then obviously we're going to see him again in um, January at the Rumble. So, do you, he, he has to go over Brock at SummerSlam. We've talked about that before, right? Yeah. And then you have a, you have a team Cody versus a team Brock in a true uh, Survivor Series match, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get to the Royal Rumble and you have to figure out what the heck you're going to do there. So, and maybe have Cody win it. Two right? years in a row. When's the last time somebody won it two years in a row? I know it happened, but when's the last time that happened? Man, you're going to make me research thing. Yes, research it. I want to say it's Hogan, but... It could be. Um, uh, well, that's number one. I don't want to know who... Uh, looks like Michael's 95 and 96. I mean that's 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 pretty good company. What do you think? Mm-hmm. So you got over on SummerSlam, Team Cody wins. He establishes a team. Uh, wins in November. Somehow, I guess you have to have him draw one 
for the Rumble? I don't know. I don't know what you do at that point. Yeah. Us. Uh, Majin says, no offense, but why do we have to have a Team Cody versus Team Brock? This feud should end at SummerSlam so Cody can move on to something else. I love Brock, but I don't even watch. But even I'm getting tired. Now, I, I, I agree, but how do you how do you bridge August 2023 all the way to April 2024? And I saw something on this today. Now, this was just fans putting theories together, of course. Nothing on the dirt sheets. I very rarely read those. I'll admit that. Um, but there's talk of Bray getting closer and closer to coming back. Cody was Bray's pro when he came in in NXT. So you, so you bring you bring uh, Bray back for for uh, Survivor Series. And he has him. You have him lose. No, you can't, you can't bury Cody. No, 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 no. I'm not saying at SummerSlam, like following night on Raw, Cody comes out, he's talking about it. Boom, the lights go out, they come back, and Bray standing in the ring with Cody set up for the sister Abigail, hits it, lights go off, Bray disappears. Right, no. And then Cody calls Bray out. uh, Yeah, so... So you, you lead up to a month and a half feud to SummerSlam or uh, Survivor Series. You, you can't you can't bury Cody. So you bring this guy back after all this hype, and then you have – again, if you're a Cody fan, it's perfect. You don't care who you bury, especially a guy coming back with all the hype. So maybe, yeah, that works for Cody, but, man, that buries just Bray. But Cody can eat a loss on this road. Not at a major, not at the at the five major events or four major events. Sorry. All right. So don't do it at Survivor Series. Do it at you know Elimination Chamber. Do it at Fast Lane or whatever the hell the other two little pay per views are. Yeah, but you got to remember we're we're prepping Cody for a, a title run. At WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So you can't have... I don't think you can have him fumble anymore. Yeah, he, he lost to Brock in Saudi Arabia, but that wasn't on the U.S. grounds. Not a lot of people saw that. SummerSlam's a big event, so Survivor Series. I don't... You have to literally put this guy on a pedestal all the way till Philly next year if you want any type of reaction for him winning this title in Philly because he's not going to get the same reaction that he would have when he would have won it in L.A. last year. Yeah, and, you know, all right, well, uh, Majin brings up a good point. Do something like AEW did with Hangman. Look how many times he came close to winning the title and then never did, but yet eventually won it. And look at the pop that he got. Um, yeah, but I mean, all right, so it's so different. It's, it's, it's different because we all thought 
Cody's going to win last Mania. Right. Right? There's not one backstage reporter, dirt sheet snake in the back uh, of the locker room or one fan in L.A. last year that thought Cody was going to lose. And when he did, the place just – the oxygen just got sucked out of the place. So the more you have learned since that, more than likely they're going to make him wait a year and and, and do it in Philly. So you got to have segments to build up to that. You get you you got to have you got to keep Cody engaged. Um, you you got to do that. So. But, all right, so think of it this way. He wins the Rumble. He comes out. He says, I'm going to do what I couldn't do last year. I'm going to beat Roman Reigns. I'm going to end Roman's run as champion. Then you go to Elimination Chamber. Maybe Cody doesn't show up for Elimination Chamber. Doesn't have a match. Doesn't need to have a match. You go into fast lane, have him whether it's Bray Wyatt or somebody else, have that person beat Cody. And then you've got Roman cutting a promo going, I've got nothing to worry about. You couldn't beat me last year. You lost at the last pay-per-view. There's no way you're taking this belt off of me. I have nothing to worry about. You might as well just give it up. You're never going to win the story. Or you're never going to finish the story. You get heat on Roman. You get, well, even more heat on Roman. You get the fans wanting to see Cody beat Roman again. You don't need a long buildup for it. I feel we got too much of a buildup last year with this. It should have been a couple months and that'd be it. But we got way too long because Cody came back basically claiming that's what he was going to do. So... With the loss from the previous pay-per-view, Fastlane, whatever they're calling it these days, the pre-mania pay-per-view, Roman dogging on him for a month, and then Cody goes over. Yeah, at at least we're on the same page of Cody's got to go over. Yeah, yeah. You know, Majin says, you know, bring up Dusty, too. Your dad couldn't finish his story. Your brother couldn't finish any story, and neither could you. With a loss at the pay-per-view right before WrestleMania, you have those things. You could, you know, your dad didn't finish it. Your brother can't finish it. You're never going to finish it. You can't even win a non-title pay-per-view match. How are you going to beat me? What about... This is this is out there. It could be done, okay? this This could be done. It'll never happen, but it could be. If they were smart. Survivor Series. Have, have a Team Bray, Team Brock, whoever the hell you want, right? You got a Team Cody. Okay. He brings Dustin over. He brings Ricky Starks over. He brings his close confidants, people he can trust. Now, you might have a couple guys from Stanford, but if you could 
I mean, Starks has already been linked to him. He was behind. He was uh, backstage for the Rumble last year, right? Is when he got pictured. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You bring Dustin over. Obviously, Dustin has a history with with Stanford. Um, might as well do it with his, you know, brother beside his side. There, they could make, they could just blow the pay per view buys. If you had a true AEW subscriber, and all of a sudden Cody's got two guys from AEW, three guys from AEW, fighting for him to keep that world title uh, chance alive, they'd pick up an extra what, hundred fifty, two hundred thousand buys. Yeah, that'd pay for Dustin and Ricky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, Majin says, you know, Roman should bring up, you couldn't even win a world title in another company, a company you helped create. Right. We didn't bring that up last year. We focused way too much on Dusty. You know, if your dad was here, he'd say this. If, you know, your dad would look at this, your dad would do that. This year, it needs to be focused on Cody. Mention Dusty, mention Dustin, fine. Mention his sister that's not actually his sister that they brought up on another podcast that he was on. Fine, but focus it on Cody. You couldn't win at a pay-per-view. You couldn't win uh, in the other company, the company you helped create. So why do you think you can beat me? I have nothing to worry about. I, I want to... I want to see that come from the feud between Cody and Roman. I want Roman to say, I don't have anything to worry about because you couldn't even do these things. And I think, I think we'll get that build. We will. And so you're, you're hoping they go that personal, which if Triple H has anything to say with it, they'll go, they'll go back and forth and do that. Yeah. Now, whether Vince wants to acknowledge AEW, that I don't know. Triple H would, though. Absolutely, I think Triple H would, because it's what's best for business and to build that view. Yep. I mean, and- Triple H already pissed on the company uh, during the Hall of Fame speech when he looked at uh, Billy Gunn and says that, you know, we'll make fun of your pissant company or whatever he said. So... He's already acknowledged it, so it would only it'll it would only fit. Yep. Um, Majin says when Cody wins, though, they have to keep the momentum strong. None of this Rey Mysterio reign where he's not only losing but in the mid and undercards. Yeah, and he did say that uh, Majin says that they have indirectly mentioned AEW a couple of times. So, yeah, I'm, I'm for it. I mean, I would love to, I would love to have TMZ, um, Fightful, whoever's out there in, uh, California or New York. I would love to have some 
paparazzi pictures of TK and Trips just having dinner together, man. Because literally, if if they could do this and send two two to three guys to back Cody, I I think it'd be much if they sent like the you know we're never gonna get the Bucks and, and Omega, um, but but to send Dustin and and Ricky up there, oh man, and 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 give it. Let them let them debut on Raw the week before, so all these people see it live. If not, see it the next day on the dirt sheets and going, "Holy cow! What did you see? I'm buying this pay per view." Be it'd be endless. Yeah, but I mean, you know, sadly, Stanford dropped the ball because they were going through some stuff at the time. But they're always going through stuff, though. But okay. Let's think back. Cody Rhodes. He was in AEW when FTR's contracts were coming up and they weren't sure where they were going. Back when Dax was doing his podcast and everybody kept saying, where are you guys going? And he said, I don't know. We'll let you know when we know. Cody enticed FTR to come to AEW. Yeah. With the hashtag FTR. Meaning, screw the revival. See, keeping it, keeping it family friendly. I see it. I see what you're doing. <laughs> they could have done the same thing on WWE because people would have started tuning in because Cody's walking out with a with a cup now and and he turns it when he takes a drink and it says hashtag FTR. You know, they dropped the ball there because if I'm a writer when I hear that FTR's contracts are coming up and they're not announcing where they're going, I'm going to Cody and I'm going, you remember what you did on BTE? Let's do it again on live television. Hashtag FTR everything. Just yeah. do it. And people would have started tuning in thinking, oh, they're going back to Stanford. Even though the way Dax talked, it was very clear they were staying in AEW. But you could have had Cody drawing these people over waiting because FTR is not on TV. Could they show up this week? Are they going to show up this week? Cody's throwing the FTR stuff around again. Are they going to show up? We missed that opportunity in my opinion. Yeah. Can't argue one thing you said. So, So, yeah, I think if, I think if, the bucks disappear off of TV when their contract ends, you need to do something with it. Somehow Cody needs to tease it on WWE. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And hopefully he has the freedom to say that on the mic though. Yeah. Even if he can't say, you know, Matt and Nick Jackson or the young bucks, maybe he could slip in a, you know, I'm not a young buck anymore. Yeah, no, no, just something subliminal that the the diehard wrestling fans are going to go. Wait a minute. You know, there's Vince was always back in the day. He hated. He would never let them acknowledge Impact. Okay, and then down the road we finally get Mickey James, the Impact Champion, in the in the Women's Rumble. Yep. But that was because of Triple H, not because of Vince. So. 
now we need to get them to recognize the other company because that's what that's what draws viewers. That's what's going to make a guy like me tune into Raw, knowing who there's a chance the Young Bucks might get mentioned, mm-hmm. or Dustin Reynolds, Reynolds might get mentioned. There, there's a chance because Cody's on a rant. I'm in, I'm in. I'm watching. Yep. Majin says if they could find a way to work together, there's your third big wrestling boom. And he's not wrong. And I think when the company that bought Vince out, that decided they wanted to keep Vince, had they not kept Vince, I think we would have possibly seen working together. Yeah, did you did you see the crazy story about Dana White in the UFC and ESPN? About the cocaine, the guy yeah. with the cocaine? Yeah, I didn't read all of it, but I saw oh. the headline and I went, man, this isn't good for anybody. Holy cow. The only reason the UFC is on ESPN right now is because of cocaine. Um, I will leave it at that. But Vince, I mean, I I think that some point in time, you know, they had their own streaming deal, right? Remember that $9.99 a month? And then they went to the Peacock, which is the worst streaming device ever, but um, if he sells, which he did sell, right? Or sold a portion of it, he's still there, but whatever. Uh, All I know is with the we'll call it a merger. Yeah. uh, The only way they would allow it to go through is if Vince stayed on. And the mergers with UFC and whoever, so I mean, just whatever. That's it's too much to deal with. Like if you're just a normal casual fan, you could care less. You just want to watch the product. Um, so, who cares? Yep. Yep. Well, I think I'm out of stuff to say. Well. Unless you want to talk about, hey, your boy, uh, your boy uh, Matt Cardona is a new champion again. Yeah, he's won half of half of the women's tag team championship. <laughs> uh, I do, I do love that he claimed that. Oh yeah, but he sh- he showed up in uh, DD Pro Wrestling over in Japan with one. The DD Pro Universal Championship, I think, is what he won. Yeah. Right? Um. So the indie god, the uh, indie taker. Now he's the indie taker, and I'm pretty sure. I bet you. I bet you a dollar, Paul. He was the Blue King. Blue King's back. Oh, he's back. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't the Blue King. I thought he was a Blue King. He, he said he was locked in a freezer. <laughs> I still think he's the blue game, but anyway, oh, it would be perfect if he was, but I don't think they're the same build. Um, I don't know. Those, those, uh, full blown leotards and Patty could probably change some things, right? Well, that, that arm shows. Oh yeah. You're right. I don't know. I think somebody famous is blue game. Let's put it that way. Uh, I can guarantee one thing, though. 
it is not the mayor of Knox County. It is not Kane. Nope. Glenn yeah. Jacobs is not Blue King. No, and, and, and he's too busy uh, writing laws over there, down there in Knox County or whatever he is he's doing. So we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. But not going into politics. You want to talk about politics or something? No, no, man. We don't, we don't. You've got an early flight. I've got to be up early. And I'm empty. I'm empty. So, yeah. Yeah. Next week, we'll talk about politics with Tanner. Okay. Let's look. Like, yeah, next week, this show is going to be 100% politics, Tanner. <laughs> oh, good Lord. All right. Well, Shep, you know what you need to do, and I keep telling you, if if you haven't gone and looked at this thing yet, you need to do so. Go check out kickingoutshop.com. There's a glass on there you need to buy. I I was uh, informed of that, so I probably will have to go uh, hop on there and take a peek at it. Yeah. I think it's close to the same size you use for the show, so you could drink out of a KOP cup. While enjoying your I don't want to go smaller. Don't want to go smaller. It might be a little smaller. I can't. I can't say for sure. Uh, well, yeah, I can. I can go look at kickingoutshop.com real quick and tell you. There you go. <laughs> uh, all right. So, what size do you have right now? How many um, ounces? I think that's a forty. Oh. Yeah. No. This is uh, might be a thirty-eight. This is a 16-ounce pint glass. What size is it? 16-ounce pint glass. (laughs) You're muted, Paul. Can you hear me now? Oh, right. Well, uh, I'm not sure if that was uh, me or him struggling there, but I'm, I'm hoping he will be back. But if not, we're going to wrap up the show here by saying check out kickingoutshop.com. It is your place to go for all of your favorite KOP merchandise. And you can support a great podcast by doing so. And as Majin says, get that KOP drip. Don't forget to like and subscribe to all of our social media pages by searching up Kicking Out Pod. It's just at Kicking Out Pod. Very easy to find. Listen to the Kicking Out Podcast wherever it is you listen to your podcast. And if it happens to be that Apple podcast, give us that five-star review because we are the five-star. Normally be Tanner Lee. Go follow Austin at the Chef Twenty Seven. Follow Tanner Lee at Tanner Lee Nine Two. Follow myself at Paul Zartman Nine Two One. And now officially, I'll get everything done. And for that, um, for Austin Shepard and Tanner Lee, I'm Paul Zartman. Join us again next week as we kick out another podcast.